talking with New York Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. Let's get right into it. I know yesterday we saw the governor get on uh, television and, and tell the world basically that he has this plan to coordinate with the Northeast governors, a plan for reopening businesses, and, and it's a plan we need. No timetable or date uh, really set, but uh, a plan that they're going to get started on pretty shortly. How does this go about? Because I'm sitting here yesterday wondering, well, that's awesome, but what if one or two or three of the seven or eight governors uh, has a completely different idea for how to go about business and, and reopening schools and businesses than, than, you know, the five or four other governors? Uh, what, what this is is aspirational. We're trying to have a coordinated effort with everyone, and I think that'd be the ideal situation, but certainly every state will do what's best for their own constituents. And so it just makes sense if we can, particularly in the tri-state region where there's so much interaction between New Jersey, Connecticut, New York City, and, and Long Island. It's all connected. I mean, yeah. the people live in one place, they commute another, their kids may be going to school in yet another place. So it, it's, a, it's something that just, it's, it's a coordinated effort to try and set a goal to get us open within the same, same time frame. But there's no rule that says it all has to be identical to each other. Right. I, think, I think we have that flexibility, but, but you know, what leadership to say that these individuals are gonna come, you know, started, initiated by our governor, Andrew Cuomo, and how we can actually be smart about this and, and give people some hope that there's changes down the road that are going to eventually lift these, uh, these restrictions and the stay-at-home orders and you know, get things back to some semblance of normal. But I think the important message is, is this won't happen overnight. This is right. going to take time and there'll be you know, benchmarks that we hit and, and objectives to hit. But I think it just makes sense at this time. And now, you mentioned it, it's going to take time, and I think that's something we're all realistic on. A lot of people asking the question as far as schools. I mean, the time is running out as far as the school year is concerned. We spoke with Nassau County Executive Curran a little earlier, and she had said that she thinks they, they kind of go hand in hand, you know, reopening the economy and non-essential businesses and schools kind of go hand in hand. Would you agree with that sentiment, or do you think they're two completely different entities? No, the governor is very clear that these are all inter interconnected, also the transportation system. You know, if we're going to bring back, you know, people going to work and schools, you have to have the transportation to get there. And if you're going to bring people back to work, you know, where are the children? So, so it is a, it's a holistic approach. You can't operate in a vacuum one from another. So that's, yeah. and also with respect to schools, I mean, there's a lot of communities affected by what one school district does. And so, you know, that's why the governor wants to make sure that it's reminded that all the schools in New York were shut down at the same time, and it would make sense to open them at the same time as well when that eventually does happen, or if at all. I mean, those are, those are all to be determined. But I think what people appreciate is the leadership that brings us to a place where we say we're going to continue being driven by the facts and the data and the trends and, and the acknowledgement that really we think the worst is over in terms of uh, a spike in new cases or hospitalization, that allows us now this, this space to be able to just plot out what, what industry should come back earliest. How do we get massive testing so we know who's already had the virus yeah. and those are the best candidates to get back to the workforce earlier than others perhaps. And so I, I think it's, we're on a good path, but w this path is all contingent on people continuing what they've been doing so successfully. Our numbers would have been off the charts, even worse than they are, as horrific as the number of loss of life we've had already. It would have been far worse if we didn't have New Yorkers and Long Islanders really adhering to these, these tough standards that have been painful, frustrating, but they did it. And, and we have to continue just a little while longer to make sure we're out of the woods before we make any dramatic changes or else we set back right to where we started. Yeah. Right. Now, the numbers, everybody projected higher numbers at this point, and thankfully they're going down. 
Um, and you know, let's face it, you read some of these stories and you go on social media and there's criticism of the government all over. Um, I don't think people are really considering that you guys did not expect this. <laughs> like, this is new to you as well. So the fact that the numbers are going down, um, what does that say for as far as the world going back to normal um, a little bit sooner? Is it, can, is it safe to say that or not yet? Well, it is, it is a little premature. Again, we look at trends. I mean, there could right. still be a spike in an area, a community could become a hot spot. I mean, we're monitoring everything by the hour in terms of hospitalizations and the number of positive cases. But what those earlier numbers, which were more frightening even projected, was a scenario where people weren't adhering to the social distancing. I mean, we, when you announced that we are shutting down schools, we're shutting down business, and basically no one other than essential workers can leave their house except to get to essentials, you don't know whether people are going to comply with that. And if they hadn't, the numbers would be far worse. And that's why we are yeah. building so much hospital capacity in anticipation that there'd be more equipment, the ventilators that we would need. But we, we have to keep that in place. We just don't know what the future is going to bring or another week's going to bring. But based on what we've been watching, the trends, you know, we think that the worst is over and that we can start at least having the conversations now on a regional basis about how to start reopening some of the different sectors of the economy. Again, some lend themselves to opening earlier than others. That makes sense. But the more testing, as I said, we can get out there to know who's already had the virus, yeah. and those would be the ones who can go back into the workplace. So I think that should give people a sense of hope that this is not going to go on for another year. There's certainly going to be an end to this at some point, but it's going to be a, a staggered plan as opposed to all at once. And I think we have to manage our expectations. You know, let's start increasing economic activity at the right time. How do we bring in, uh, you know, more workers into the economy? And but all everything is geared toward the the goal of not increasing the infection rate, and that's that's something that we just have to keep front and center. I just have one question about that. Now, if I didn't have the virus, which I I haven't, unless I was asymptomatic, but uh, from what I know, I haven't had the virus. So does that mean that? eventually I won't be able to go back to work until I get it or until I get cleared of having antibodies that will be, go against it. I, I'm just to clarify what that means as far as going yeah. back to work. Yeah, that, that has not been determined yet. I think what okay. we're trying to look at the, the vast majority of people and have they either had it or they've been exposed and developed immunities to it. Okay. You know, we don't expect that everybody's going to be able to test clearly that they had it and therefore no longer could be infectious to someone else or contracted themselves. I don't think we're going to get to that point. Right. So it's also going to be, you know, how much time have people been, you know, in, uh, isolated from each other. And so the virus does have a lifespan. It, it could die out. And so people could be in a safer position. But these are just the variables we have to consider. And, you know, how exposed are you to other people who may have it? Um, and that's, that's also something we have to protect because someone like yourself may not have it now. You get it in another month. And all of a sudden, right. you know, you visit 100 friends at a good party, and next thing you know, uh, it's we have a cluster that could lead to a hot spot. So th this is, again, this is uncharted territory. This is all brand right. new for us. Absolutely. But we, but we do have models from other countries, and that's why we study them intensely to find out what happens. Can people be reinfected? And there's just a lot of un unknowns. But the ultimate goal is to get a vaccination. And we're told that this is 12 to 18 months off, but at yeah. that point, we would know that people really are protected 
uh, and I just pray that there's not a another upswing of this starting in the fall as had happened in, in past, you know, the last major pandemic that we've been studying from 1918 to 1919. So there's a lot involved in figuring this out, but I just want to give some words of comfort to the people of Long Island who've been struggling through this, that, that all their, their sacrifice has not been in vain, that we literally have saved people's lives. It could be one of their family members or neighbors whose life has been spared because they, they exercised uh, and did exactly what we asked them to do and to their own detriment and their own frustration. And uh, a lot of people lost jobs, and the disconnect from family is terribly painful, especially as we came off of Passover and, and Easter weekends. And, you know, just, it's hard on people, but they need to know that it was for a, a, a purpose, and we believe that, that now that the worst is over, they can take some comfort in that. And we will be letting them know through programs like yours, you know, when it is safe to start re-engaging, but we are still quite a ways off from that time. On the phone with New York Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul. A lot of people out there, I'm one of them, worried about a possible second wave even sooner than a few months. I'm talking weeks. Um, and a lot of people are worried about going back to work or school way too soon. Um, people more so concerned with their health than they are the economy. What do you say to the segment of people that, that have that worry? I know the governor's been adamant in saying antibody testing. The CDC saying antibody testing is going to be something very, very important uh, when it comes to a possible second wave or getting back to uh, a somewhat normal world. Because let's face facts, if we were to get back way too soon and a second wave hit, that would be incredibly demoralizing. It sure would, and that's the last thing we want to have happen and, you know, we've been able to identify that certain populations appear to be more, more vulnerable than others. You know, we've known all along that a lot of people will contract it, um, but, you know, 80% of the people who contract it will either have minor symptoms that can be treated at home or be asymptomatic. It's a 20% group of people who will then end up needing hospitalization, and among that, there's a certain percentage, you know, primarily older individuals who have and, and those who have underlying health conditions have been really the majority of our mortality rate and that percentage are the ones that we needed to get into ICUs and have ventilators for. So I think the point is is that the, the majority of people can get through this. Uh, it is a painful experience if you do exhibit the symptoms. I mean you've seen a lot of stories now of people going through it and they don't wish it on anybody. It is you know you feel like you're just teetering between life and death yeah. for a period of time and it's it's terrible. So we don't really we don't want anyone to have to experience that but as we said, a lot of people will have contracted it and never even know it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a fascinating. We're studying now how it affects different classes of people. But I think if, if, if we go forward, we, we will know our vulnerable population and how we need to do everything we can to protect them. And, for example, the social distancing we put in place earlier for nursing homes and, and for older patients. And uh, we just, we, the governor called it Matilda's Law after his mother when we first launched this, that this is about protecting our senior citizens. And people practice that, and I think a lot of seniors, you know, have been lonely, but they've also been spared the, the horrific effect of having contracted this disease as a result of people listening and a lot of people being separated from their parents and grandparents. So it may come down to a point where we just look at what populations are the most vulnerable and make steps to continue to protect them as we start reopening. All right, Lieutenant Governor Hochul, we appreciate you joining us. One final question. I saw on your Instagram the other day you were in the kitchen. Whatever you were making looked good. What's your specialty in the kitchen? <laughs> well, we are celebrating Easter in my 
husband's Polish tradition. We we're making pierogies, which oh. is uh, mm. they're very ethnic, but uh, we love them. <laughs> I buy those frozen. They're probably not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet the lieutenant governor making a better pierogi than you buy frozen. Uh, lieutenant Governor Hochul, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Stay healthy, and hopefully, um, can, can are we talking to you like mid June, like with a little bit of sense of normalcy? Do you think? Oh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to make any predictions. Right, right. I'm going to pray, so I'm going to pray. Enough. So I'd love, love to talk to you again, though. Thanks for having me on.